Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. If you could turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 38. In the meantime, for those who don't know me, my name is Matt. Uh, I had enough of God in my life growing up in the church not to enjoy the world, but I had enough of the world in my life not to enjoy God. I'm a PK pastor's kid as you're turning there. I'm going to wait just 20 seconds or so. Grew up in the church my whole life, and basically I, I still lived like the world. Read the Bible, but there was never change. I was just a churchgoer, not a disciple. And I realized that you can be in a relationship and not be committed. Come on, somebody. So at the age of 18, 19, I was involved in law enforcement. God got a hold of me. One night in my basement, had a radical encounter with the person of Jesus, and he forever changed my life. All right? Say amen if you're there. Amen. All right. Acts 10. I'm not even there. Praise the Lord. We'll start actually at verse 37. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. I want to go now to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. You could just follow along as I read. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. This morning, I want to preach a message called anointed for what? Can I talk about the anointing? I, want to, I really want to provoke you this morning into action to do something with what's on the inside of you. If you're in this place and Jesus lives on the inside of you, you are anointed for something. First and foremost, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But everybody on this planet, if the Holy Ghost dwells in you, you are called to impact the kingdom of God. We're the body of Christ. Some of you in here could be an ear. Some of you can be a leg, an arm, a nose. Praise God. All of us are called to something. Not everybody's called to do all the work that needs to be done, but we should each enjoy the assignments that we are given. And if you're in here this morning, I believe God wants to reassure you of not only who you are in him, but that he's anointed you for such a time as this. He's, I'm telling you, he's given you a voice. To know him and to make him known. Amen. So in the Old Testament, I'm going to preach in a minute, but I want you just to follow along with me. I'm going somewhere with this. In the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, the anointing spoke of a special action by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, many of us in here, we know that uh, the anointing could be on the outward uh Outwardly, it could be like the smearing or rubbing of oil. You know, when you go to the altars or the elders of the church, they anoint you with oil on your forehead, all that stuff. But I want to talk about what happens inwardly. The anointing, what it is, is it's an impartation 
of an unction on one's life that causes that person to carry out the assignment that God has given them. Can I say that one more time? The anointing is an unction of the Holy Ghost on one's life which causes that one to carry out an assignment that God has given them. You might be in here today asking why, Matt, does God anoint and empower his people? Well, if we look at in the word of God, the future King David was anointed with oil by God's prophet, but that was the outward expression. What happened inwardly was far more important. The power of the Holy Spirit came upon David to equip him for the future that God had for him. Now, again, why does God anoint us i want to read luke chapter 4 verse 18 through 19 then i'm gonna start preaching all right it says the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor is anybody receiving this word right now i want to ask you this morning do you know what you carry on the inside of you so many people say, Matt, I want the power of God in my life, but I'm just not seeing it. I don't understand how I can function in the anointing that God has placed on me. Listen, friend, it's not a lack of power on God's part. It's our failure as followers of him to tap into the power source that he's already given us. Are you tracking with me? Can I share a testimony? The beginning of this year, I was coming home from Colorado. I was on the plane well, before I got on the plane, many of you know I'm just, they call me late cruise. I'm just late for everything, all right? I'm working on that. There's, there's grace for that. Amen. I pull up late to the airport. I'm talking like 45 minutes before the plane's departing. It's not good. I go to the kiosk. I type in my confirmation number, Pastor Vlad, and the boarding pass comes out, and it tells me I'm zone one, and this, I thought I was seeing things, and it said that I was sitting like right in front of the plane. And it was a full flight. And those of you who know, those of you who travel, know if you show up late to the airport or you check in late, which was in my case, you're pretty much going to get a seat in the back of the plane. So I, I pull up to my gate. They're like, I'm like last one to board. And I, I, I go and I go in the aircraft. And I remember pulling in this aisle and I just sit there in this packed plane. I'm like, how did I get a seat in front of the plane, like right behind the cockpit? And I'm like, this is a miracle. Praise God. I could be the first one off. And all of a sudden, this lady comes on the plane after me. And I see it. she's, of course, a, a Muslim lady. And she comes in, and she sits on the window seat. And I, and I had this whole plan to take a nap, all right? I was, like, super tired. And the moment I seen this lady, I just knew in my heart that God was about to do something. And she stuck with me the entire plane. So I try to close my eyes for a little bit. I'm like, let me just get about, like, 10 minutes in of a nap. And, uh, and then I'll just, you know, whatever God wants to do. And this lady just initiates the conversation, all right? I want you to listen what happened. She looks at me. I look at her. She starts sharing about how she's studying to get her PhD. She's from Pakistan. And uh, she, her stop is in Chicago where I live. And then the next day, uh, she's going to go back home. And she begins to just talk to me about her faith. And so I begin to share with her about my faith. And all of a sudden, you know, people just sometimes are just very stubborn. They're very hard-headed, you know. <laughs> Uh, which is okay, but God knows how to break those walls down. You know what I'm saying? So I just begin to share the love of God with her. And all of a sudden I asked her, I said, ma'am, do you have any pain in your body? She said, yes, in my feet. I said, okay, well, can I pray with you? She looks at me and she says, 
if you're not a close family member or a relative or a friend, I cannot touch you because I took my hand out. So I'm looking at my hand, and I'm looking at her, and she, she really wanted prayer. You can tell in her eyes. So she puts a scarf over my hand, and she says, you can still pray as long as I put the scarf. I said, okay, that's fine. That's, I totally respect that. And what happened next was crazy. I look at her, and I said, ma'am, I'm going to pray in two prayers. I'm going to pray in the first one in the name of your God. And then the second prayer, I'm going to pray in the name of my God. And I just want to see what will happen. So she's looking at me, and she's like, sure. So I begin to pray, and I was, obviously it was awkward, but I know what name has true power in it. So I was like, in the name of Allah, be healed. And I'm looking at her, and, and I'm praying, you know, in the name of her God's name, and just speaking healing. And I look at her and said, do you feel anything? She said, no. I said, can I pray in my God's name now? She said, yes. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. I remember sitting at that, that seat with the scarf over my hand. I said, in the name above ever. I was just emphasizing on the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power in that name. I said, Lord, I speak healing to flow in this lady's feet right now. I command every pain to respond to the name of Jesus. I command this body to get in alignment with your word. I ask for your fire to burn in her feet. So this is what happened. She looks at me. And I'm, her eyebrows just raised really high. I was like, what do you feel? And she says, why is my feet on fire? And I try, to, I try to act like I didn't know what she was talking about. I was like, what do you mean your feet's on fire? She said, why is it burning like it's on fire? And oh my gosh, the pain is gone. And I said, ma'am, my Bible says that we serve a God who answers by fire. That fire is the fire of heaven that burned out everything that's not of God. It's the fire that purifies. It's the fire that cleanses. Come on, somebody. This lady gets radically healed. And I'm looking at her. I mean, God just giving me words of knowledge for her. I mean, it's, he's not even done with this lady. I, I'm like, do you know somebody named Ann? I'm just hearing that word in my heart. She says, what do you mean? I said, do you know anybody named Ann? She said, yeah, my friend, uh, his name is Ann, and I was with her earlier. Uh, and I said, okay, well, this lady, I'm feeling in my heart that we need to pray for her because she has family issues going on. She started to almost cry. And she says, this is crazy. I was with, she had a strong accent. She says, I was with her earlier and she's just very depressed because she's going through a lot of family issues right now so I just begin to pray for Anne right in front of her I just heard God tell me that one of her son uh, sons can sing I said which one of God is like totally wrecking this lady I said which one of your sons can sing she says my youngest son and she began to lit up with a smile I said God is raising him up to be a worship leader he's gonna sing unto the Lord and he's gonna walk in power I mean this lady was getting wrecked but what am I trying to say? I wanted to go to sleep so bad on that plane. I was so tired. But you know what the Holy Ghost ministered to me early this morning? Is this. Our comfort is killing our encounter. Our comfort is killing somebody else's encounter through us. And I believe, church, that we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
I believe today, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I am done making God sit through my complacency. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make God sit through my compromise. I want to go beyond my boundaries. I want to go out of my comfort zone. See, when God calls us out of our comfort zones, he's not calling us to be comfortable in the situation. What he's doing is he's calling us to be comfortable in him in spite of the situation. Come on, do you hear me in this place? God is calling you to be a voice to the world out there, but it all, it all starts with you going beyond your comfort zone. Friend, the results that you want to see, the results that advance the kingdom of God is on the other side of your comfort zone. And I came here this morning to provoke you into action. And I'm telling you today, people say, Matt, one day when I'm ready, I'll go. And I believe today God is saying your one day has to turn into your today. Your one day has to turn into your today. Now is the time of salvation. Tomorrow's not promised to no man. I'm telling you, if you're in here, we are called to action. We are called to go. See, the Great Commission is not a great suggestion. We are called to go. Jesus expects us to rise up. He expects us to go out. He didn't save you just to come in here and get blessed. He didn't save you just to come in here and hear a little cute message from a preacher from Chicago, something that'll make you feel better. Do you not know that he brought you into this room not to be entertained, but to be equipped? He came, he brought you into this room to mark you with a boldness and a courage so that when you leave, somebody can encounter God through your life. See, we're cool with the coming. We are mediocre with the going. And I believe God's calling a generation to rise up and go beyond their comfort zone and what makes them comfortable. He's calling a generation out of what, what they're so used to and stop putting him in a box. He's, he's calling a generation that would go forth in their destiny and say, no longer am I going to delay my calling by entertaining my flesh. No longer am I just going to sit in the same cycle of sin. But God, I am going all in for you. Listen, if you're halfway in, you are all the way out. God is looking for some people that would be totally 100% committed to him. It's the mission of the kingdom he's not looking for perfection but he's looking for people that would simply be available and willing and say God I am here I'm ready for where you want me to go I'm ready for what you want me to say God send me I want to be a clean vessel I want to be pure and holy before you I want to tell you today that the great commission is too big for me to do alone it's too big for you to do alone and it's too important for us not to try to try to do it together are you hearing me the great commission is too important for us not to try to do it together it's way too big for you and I to do alone we got to come together in unity and say I'm going to crush the kingdom of darkness for a living when I wake up I'm going to say God this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it I thank you for a heart that's still beating blood that's flowing warm in my veins I got eyes to see God I got a mouth to speak I got legs to walk and I told that lady on that plane I was so bold I said ma'am I don't know if you know this but your God has eyes but can't see he's got ears but can't hear he's got a mouth but can't speak my God has eyes and he can see he's got ears and he can hear come on he's a name above every name see Buddha I'm telling you right now 
Buddha's not God, Muhammad's not God. Allah, uh, Jesus is the only way. He's the only one that can satisfy your soul. Come on. There's power in his name. I don't know about you, but I came here to stir you up to the point where you start doing something with what you've been given on the inside of you. I never want to settle for just coming in a church like this and a conference like this and sitting and then leaving and doing nothing for the kingdom of God. The devil is a liar. I came to provoke you into action. I came to move you into what God has called you to do. You are more than just some member at a church, some congregant. You are, an, you are a soldier in the army of God. Are you hearing me right now this morning? See, I'm telling you today, God has called you to do more than where you are right now and many Christians pastor they fear witnessing because they think that they have to do it with their own natural abilities their own persuasive power but Paul says I don't come with wise or persuasive words but I come with the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit you know what I did on that plane I demonstrated the power of God why because the world out there is not looking for a new definition of Christianity they're looking for a new demonstration of Christianity and it's time to rise up and demonstrate the power and the love of God the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power are you with me Acts chapter 1 verse 5 through 8 says in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth friend one of the purpose of the Holy Spirit anointing which comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to give us power to be Christ's witnesses I don't know about you but when the Holy Ghost came upon me in my basement that's when I was marked that moment revolutionized the course of my life it was in that moment that I began to be bold and unashamed of the gospel it was in that moment that I began to go out and preach with power and with authority accurately and with clarity the word of God I don't know about you but when the Holy Ghost came upon me I was able to do what I could not do on my own why because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you what it is is it's an enablement by the Spirit of God to minister for the Lord beyond your natural capabilities and if you're in here this morning you say Matt I can't do what you did on that plane good you can't do it that's why the Bible says not by might not by power but by his spirit and I believe this morning the power of the spirit is gonna come upon you and God is gonna mark you with boldness are you ready not by might not by power but by my spirit says the Lord he does what only he can do the anointing gives you that Holy Ghost power which makes you a good witness when was the last time that you really had a fresh encounter with God? When's the last time that he really marked you where you were never the same? When's the last time that you got in the presence of God and you ministered to him longer than you ministered to people? I don't know about you, but I want to spend so much time with God that he does something in my heart to where I have a character that reflects his character. See, we've been getting fat at conferences, fat at watching live stream videos, and now it's time to get lean by giving away what we've got, by distributing and giving away what has been delivered to us. Friend, you've been filled up to be poured out. You've encountered the power of the Holy Spirit to become an counter of the Holy Spirit I don't know about you but I'm ready for God to do something that he's never done before there's a world out there needing hope especially in this hour they're needing healing they're needing breakthrough and freedom and we got the answer living on the inside of us and I believe today God is gonna break us out of our box and he's gonna say now you can go forth and you're gonna preach my gospel with power
I don't no longer want to keep entertaining what the world has to offer. I, I, I want to stand strong and firm in the word of God. See, many of you are stuck in this cycle of sin. And you're in the right place today. We all have shortcomings. But I want to tell you, Jesus sees your sin more clearly than anyone. And the good news is that he loves you more than anyone. That's why I tell people God can look at a million people. Yet you and I are the only one he sees. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm telling you today that the devil, I believe, doesn't mess with you while you're in sin. He really messes with you when you're trying to get out of sin. And I want to tell you today that when these altars uh, open up I want you to get as close to Jesus as possible he's as close as, as a mention of his name and friend the closer you get to him the further you get from your sinful ways and in this service this morning what strengthens your spirit weakens your flesh and I believe that God wants to give you a revelation of the simplicity of the gospel to where you say God I don't want to live any longer how I've been living I know that you've created me not for a content life but you've created me for more and I'm ready to go are you with me I'm ready to go there's nobody like Jesus you have the anointing of God flowing through you and God's heart touches another person's heart through yours the anointing of God is the Holy Spirit and he flows as a river of love he flows as a river of love from the throne of grace through the hearts of believers and people that see you. When people meet you, they should meet him. When they see you, they should see him reflected in your eyes. When they see you, they should see somebody who's encountered the God of the universe. When they see you, they should see something different about you. When they look at you, they should see a person that, has, that had an encounter with a man with eyes of fire. I don't know about you, but my encounter has marked me. And I no longer want to be complacent. There's nobody like Jesus. And I'm thankful for him. You know why I'm so thankful for him? I, I, because I serve a God of interruption. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. We serve a God of interruption. He slides right in front of diseases. He slides in front of tragedy. He interrupts pain. I don't know about you, but I'm, I serve a God of interruption that whatever the devil meant for harm, he turns it around for good. He always interrupts. I'm thankful that I serve a God who has interrupted the devil's plan for my life. Are you thankful that God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? That is a God of interruption. He came in and said, no, 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 no. I've called you. I've known you by name. I know all the numbers of hairs on your head. You belong to me. God is calling you back this morning I'm thankful I wish I had about 20 people that would say I, I'm with you man I, I received this word I'm ready man I, I don't want to be complacent with the things of God I, you know Pastor Vlad I'm, I'm pretty thankful part of me is thankful that we're in quarantine it's a part of me not all of me because we have so much time to get right with God we have so much time to get away finally from the busyness of life, the distractions of the world, and we can get into this word until this word gets in us. Well, people say, Matt, they just complain. I've never been this locked in a house. And I believe God is saying, you've never been this locked into me. What have we been doing with the time that has gone by in this quarantine? For God to fill you up so that you can pour out. So that when this thing fully lifts, 
you come out of that house full of glory, full of power, full of purpose, full of passion, full of courage, full of boldness. It's in that place that things change. It's in that secret place where God does something in you, where everything that's in you that's not of him just begins to be burnt out. I don't know about you, but it's in the secret place. That's why I love I love the presence of God. It's in the presence that you can have the fullness of joy. It's in his presence that you can encounter him like never before. I'm telling you, friend, when they begin to worship in just a few moments, I want you to just get so radical and say, God, I'm taking this time. Many people are living in third world countries and are being persecuted right now but friend i want to tell you you've got an opportunity to stand strong in freedom and say god i've got a word i've got a bible in front of me and i know that i haven't read it but i know god some of you in here have not read your bible in months and god is saying i need I, you need to make my word a treasure in your heart this word must become the compass that you rely on for direction are you hearing me this morning god wants you to get into his word and I believe that God can care less about how long this virus lasts and more about how your character grows during it. Are you hearing me? When you have intimacy, you have authority. It's time to get in the presence of God. It's time to get into the presence of Almighty God. You've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. He wants you to spend time with him and learn how to host his presence in private. See, when you learn how to host his presence in private, you can then carry the power of God in public. Are you with me right now? When you learn how to host the presence of God privately, you carry the power of God publicly. Are you hearing me right now? It's all about dis uh, denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following Jesus from the gospel is free but it requires those who follow to lose their life so that Christ may live in them instead it's all about crucifying your flesh and if we don't learn how to crucify our flesh privately our flesh will crucify us publicly take the time that you have to be with the Lord and get into his word and let him do something in your heart so that when you have an opportunity to preach to somebody, you have an opportunity to move without hesitation. You can have a pure heart and a pure mind out of the fire of the Holy Ghost. I believe God's going to release his fire in this service this morning. I feel that strongly. He's going to release his fire. Are you ready? And I believe today we're going to, many of us, we're going to tell our flesh to shut up. We're going to tell the devil he's overstayed his visit. We're going to speak to depression that's overstayed its visit. Anxiety, we're giving you an eviction notice. Not 30 days. you got to leave now in Jesus' name. And I believe it with all my heart. Suicide, you've overstayed your visit. And I believe God's going to do something in your mind and in your heart to where you leave this place not thinking the way you did when you came in here. You leave this place without the demons that you walked in with. Anybody want to get real this morning? Some, some of you are struggling with something. It's holding you down. I'm done. I'm done, Matt. It's every bondage of the enemy, man. These demon powers that's been tormenting me. God is saying no longer where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is liberty. And I believe he wants to set you free today and to stay free, to walk in freedom so you can be effective for the kingdom of God.
Ghost. I believe that God is raising up a generation that will not just make noise but carry a sound. I believe that God is raising up a generation that they'll no longer care about false doctrines and denominations but they care about seeing the spirit of revival consuming the hearts of humanity i believe that god is raising up such a generation that is going to go on the highways and byways and proclaim the year of god's favor they will preach the gospel clear with power leading the way to heaven which is through jesus christ i believe that god is raising is there a generation in this room that's excited to want to be committed to ministering the gospel with boldness i believe that the spirit of boldness will be all over this generation that we will minister the spirit of revival with no holding back with no compromise we'll spend less time in the spotlight and more time in the secret place I don't know if you're hearing me right now we're gonna be real with people we're gonna minister honesty to the people of this world I believe that our generation will not be a seeker sensitive generation but one that is full of the spirit full of power full of grace full of love see in John chapter 1 verse 29 the Bible records look the Lamb of God who takes the sins from the world I believe that this generation will not seek to use the name of Jesus to promote themselves and their selfish motives but they'll say God I want to know you and to make you known I believe that this generation will be nameless and faceless simply wanting to lift up the name of Jesus and put down their own name I believe that this is a generation that wants nothing to do with entertaining the saints at the expense of enlightening sinners I believe that this is a generation that doesn't want to be in a pulpit that puts people in the pews but doesn't take them out of the pit i believe that this is a generation that says god i don't want to live the way the devil's been trying to tempt me to live but i want to walk into the narrow path that you will for my life a generation that will not seek secular acceptance at the expense of spiritual approval. I believe God is raising up a generation that will not get caught up in counting heads instead of changing hearts. Are you hearing me right now? I believe that God is raising up a generation. They won't care about what people think about them, but they'll care about what God thinks about them. A generation that would walk in purity and holiness. A generation that will be a blessed Jesus generation instead of a blessed me generation. I believe that God, I'm telling you, that's been promoted in former generations all about bless me bless me bless me no I believe it's going to be about bless Jesus and lead people to him I'm telling you man everything this generation is going to do is going to be to lift up the lamb of God which is Jesus they will live there with the reality of the name of Jesus and let that name be exalted and, and understand that he will draw all men to himself not to you but to himself this is not about us this is all about Jesus it's always been about Jesus it will always be about Jesus it's never going to be about you and we need to lay our pride down and say God I'm ready for what you have for me you got to be radical and preach this God this uncompromising gospel it's time today to receive a fresh anointing I believe there's an invitation this morning for further consecration, more holiness, more fire. You're not limited, friend, by your own lack of skills. As Jesus promised, you will receive power in Acts 1-8. is literally, like I said, an enablement by the Spirit of God for you to, to minister for Him beyond what you can do on your own. It's beyond your natural capabilities. You've got a power. That's what it is, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're being clothed with power from on high. And I believe that God is going to 
anoint some of you a fresh anointing like never before i believe that some of you in this place you've been shy to preach but after this you can't you won't shut up about the gospel i believe some of you say i'm not called to do that like i was in the same boat as you were i said i'm not called to preach i come from a family of preachers i ran away from the pulpit i said that's not my thing that's not my call i want to go to the military i worked for a police department i was a cso officer at the age of 18 i said i would never have a microphone in my hand and preach the gospel i wasn't an atheist i loved god but i said i am not gonna preach the gospel and look where i'm standing before you this morning god got a hold of me and if you're in here and that's you i got good news for you you might be saying, I feel inadequate. I feel unqualified. I feel uneducated. I feel like I'm not good enough. Well, I got good news for you. God often recruits from the pit and not the pedestal. He goes to the places where it's the people that say, I'm broken and I, I can't do it, God. I'm not, that's not my, I feel like I'm not good enough. And God says, that's exactly who I want to use. Because when you start to preach the gospel with power and with authority, people are looking at you like he never did that. She never did that before. And that's how you know God will get the glory out of it that's how you know it was only him that did it and not you are you with me I'm almost through I'm finishing Pastor Vlad God's gonna mark us today the anointing of the Holy Spirit is given through people through disciples of Jesus to demonstrate God's love and power and if you don't know Christ means the anointed one. And because Christ is in us, the same anointing that he had when he walked the earth, we also have. He wants us to function in this. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I don't know about you, but I can't just, he, if he's just in me, I can't just have him be in me and me not abide in him. See, if he's just in me, I'm hoping for glory. But if I abide in him, I'm living in glory. Are you with me? See, Christ is in you. You're, you're in him for salvation. And he's in you for other people. Are you hearing me? You are in Christ for salvation. But Christ is in you for others. What are you doing with what you've been given? How are you going to walk? If you're here, how are you going to walk in the power of the Spirit? How are you going to lead your family? How are you going to make wise decisions, overcome evil, and walk in God's will without the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost? You can't do it on your own. See, this is why many Christians are fearful. They're angry. They're bitter. And they're unproductive because they're not walking in the power of the Spirit. See, people would rather complain than change. And this is this is the difference between just a churchgoer and a disciple of Jesus. See, church goers they let God in their lives just enough to comfort them but disciples of Jesus let God in their lives enough to change them from the inside out see churchgoers complain and like worldly people and like like the non-believers they complain about everything why is why are millions of babies being sex trafficking all that stuff and why is there diseases uh, happening all over the place and these people are dying of cancer these kids are dying of cancer they say if God is so real why does he allow this to happen listen why are kids uh, mad dying in Africa and they're starving listen I'm just gonna say it with boldness and with truth this morning kids are starving in Africa because we're lazy as Christians we cannot reach what we devalue 
People in the world say, but, but why is this happening there? Well, what are we doing about it? What are you doing about it? We can complain all day long, but what are we doing about what we're complaining about? Was it Gandhi that had that quote, Pastor Vlad, Zach? Be the change you want to see in the world? When, when are we going to become that change that we want to see? When are we going to let God unlock the power of the Holy Ghost in us where we can just walk in fire and boldness? I'm willing to do something with what I've been given, Lord. That's the cry today. Should be the cry of all of our hearts. God, I'm ready to do something with what you've given me. It's not a lack of power on your part, but it's my failure to tap into the power source you've already given me. How much of you does the Holy Spirit possess and control? Is God really in the driver's seat of your life? See, the ambition that God had for every human being, every person, one made in his image, is to be absolutely filled, be saturated, to be overflowing with this permanent river, this ongoing spring of life called the Holy Spirit of God. That is his ambition for every human being, one made in his image, is to be absolutely filled and possessed by God himself. How much of you does the Holy Spirit possess and control? Are you letting your flesh drive you? Or are you letting the Spirit drive you? Are we walking in our flesh or are we walking by the Spirit? I thank you, Lord. I believe some of you today feel this by the Holy Ghost is going to encounter Him in such a way where you are no longer you'll no longer let the enemy tell you who you are. You'll no longer let the enemy remind you of what you've done in the past. I heard a preacher say this one time, if the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. And I believe that. I believe that. He's reminding you of what you've done. Just remind him of what's to come for him. You read the end of the book, it says we win clearly. Just tell him, like, we've got the victory. Do you know where you're going to spend all of eternity? Do you know where I'm going to spend all eternity? With the king of glory. You tell that devil to shut his mouth. Never let your mind go where your spirit's not allowed. Heard a man of God say, when the enemy was torturing him, and I'm, this is my second closing, praise God man of God was torturing him and what he did was he sat down he pulled up another seat that would face him and he told the devil to come sit down you're going to watch me worship God that's why he can't stand your praise that's why the enemy can't stand your shout in your worship do you know that he used to be a worship leader in heaven so when you lift up your hands and you worship, you're reminding him of what he once lost. And I'm excited in just a few moments to lift up my hands and make the devil so mad. And I'm going to worship him because he's good. I'm going to worship him 
him because he's faithful when I'm not. I'm going to worship you, God, because you always take me back when I stray. I'm going to worship you, God, because your character doesn't depend on how I feel. I'm going to worship you, God, because you've created me with breath. I've got breath in my body. I'm going to worship you, Lord, because I'm not the old Matt that I used to be, but I'm a new creation in you. It's time to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's time to say, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. And so many of us are living, sucking up his blessings, drinking up his water, walking in his strength, breathing in his air, and we act like we did it ourselves. I believe that God is bringing such an awareness of who he is back to his people, even in our nation. Where we start to fall in love with what he loves, and we start to hate what he hates. We'll start to have a new love for this word and a new hatred for sin. We'll start to have a new awareness of the presence of God. And we'll start walking by the spirit instead of our flesh. And I believe it with all of my heart. God has given you power to walk like Jesus and power to emulate him with your life. Can I get everybody to stand up with me in this moment? With all of this abounding power available to every believer why are not more walking in it before before we do this altar call and i believe it's just god just doing something in our hearts for this session and this service Luke 4, 18 through 19, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of, of the Lord's favor. And before we worship, before we go up here to this altar, this verse has five purposes of the anointing, five aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's revealed in this scripture, and I want to tell you very quickly. Number one is to enable you to share the good news effectively. The good news that we share about Jesus Jesus is good news and the anointing will enable you to share it with impact a second one here in this verse Luke 4 18 through 19 is to proclaim freedom for the prisoners literally it enables you to become a spirit-filled messenger to be a proclaimer of freedom anybody hearing me right now freedom from the prison of sin of drugs of depression of life dominating habits I don't know about you but I am a spirit-filled messenger I'm a proclaimer of freedom this is what Luke 4 18 through 19 says the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me for these things third one here is you're anointed to bring recovery of sight for the blind both physical and spiritual healing as Jesus did fourth one here is that you are anointed to release the oppressed all people around you are oppressed by sin by sickness by demonic attacks and you have a message of release for them you've got a message of release and the last one here is you're anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to people ignorant of the comforting message of Christ Are you ready to take this gospel to the highways and byways? Are you ready to preach this thing with boldness and passion? And I don't know about you, but I'm ready. And the encounter that we have today is not just for our personal blessing, but friend, it empowers us to be a blessing to others. 
It's not, I'm telling you, it's not just something that happens to you, but it's something that happens through you. Are you ready? If you're in this place and you say, Matt, this message was for me. I need God to mark me this morning. I need that boldness you're talking about. I need, I need this holy passion and courage. I need, I need to do something with what I've been given. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands all over this place. Come on, if, you, if you're in this place and you wish to have a deeper, life-changing, intimate relationship with God, then you need to surrender this morning and receive the, all that God has for you. He not only wants to increase, hands still up, come on. He not only wants to increase your spiritual intimacy with Him, but He wants to increase your spiritual power to minister to others. Every hand raised. I want to say something. I want you to say it with me, and then we're going to have this altar call open, all right? Let your heart just be open right now. Everybody say this with me. Say, Father, I acknowledge that I'm standing in your presence right now. In this moment, I commit myself to love you. Come on, everybody on live stream, say this with me. I commit myself to obey you. I commit myself to serve you. By doing your will. I return to you wholeheartedly. And I desire to seek your face like never before. And I ask for your power to sustain and deepen my relationship with you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you didn't want heaven without me. So you brought heaven down. I honor you and Jesus I make you Lord of my life I believe that you are the Savior of the world I believe in who you are in Jesus mighty name hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard you can find more of this great content on YouTube Facebook Instagram Twitter snapchat TikTok, and even Pinterest in other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.